We do, we do. The Anna Matrix. Check this out, bro. I didn't even know this was a thing. It's insane. Bro. It Crazy. Gives you everything you need to know about the Matrix. Everything you need to know. Beforehand, like it still follows the same themes, the same look. The even sounds, the music, bro. Incredible. Incredible. Oh, we have to oh, there's so much we can get into. But before um, we get into the Animatrix, my name is Pablo Santiago Quisano. And co-host Dylan Castro, straight from the BX. You already know. <laughs> I wish I had something as cool as that, but I'm from a lot of places, I guess. So we'll just stick with Pablo. Um, <laughs> all, all right, right, let's do it. Dylan, set it up for us. Give us the recap. Holy shit. Well, for those of y'all who don't know, the Animatrix is literally, it's about the Matrix just before the just before the three movies comes out. And it's quite literally, I believe it's eight short films combined into one mm -hmm. hour and 40 minute movie. And yo, let me tell y'all. We start off with the first two films that's called The Second Renaissance. And this goes back to literally the 21st century. And we see like humans have become, have gotten to a place where, you know, vanity is the most important thing and they've become more corrupt than ever. So what did they start doing? Which I feel like we're on a path to right now with this fucking guy, Elon Musk, is creating robots, <laughs> millions and millions of robots to like do their slave, do their bidding, to like make everything for them. And they just don't give a fuck about that until... There is this there is this type of droid called like B one sixty six ER. That's the type mm -hmm. of droids that they have making shit for them, mm -hmm. and he kills his owners. Yeah, and so the whole world has a trial for this. But um, no. So literally, they have a whole trial for this, and you know, you have people who are on the side for the robots. You know that we they should be treated as humans. Mm -hmm. Turns out that the the court, like the Supreme Court of the whole world, rules against this, and literally, like. There's some uprising against the, the uprising starts to happen for robots. They have the million million uh, what was it called the the machine million march where yes. a million machines came out to protest. And it was after that, everybody just said they're gonna there's gonna be a genocide against robots. Right. Millions and millions of robots getting gunned down in the street. There was even literally a part where a robot tried to dress as a woman, mm -hmm. and these guys were fucking him up. And I was like, yo, they fucking up a woman. Yeah. And it turns out it was a robot, and he was like, I'm real, bro. I know. And it's like, I felt so sad because the robots just wanted to help. And I think they started to develop a conscious where like they felt like they were just slaves and not built for anything, you know? The robots were good. Like, like they were doing everything. Yeah, the machines were, were trying to join society. Yes. Like they're trying to get a little piece of the world. That's and it. it. And at every point throughout these two films, the second, the, the two short films, the second renaissance, there's just every every chance that they, the that the robots try to ensure for peace is just the humans like no fuck you you're gonna die yeah you remember when like the they send like two representatives to go talk with the un oh my God. the united nations yes and they they killed them yeah they killed yeah. them they weren't having any of it and so they literally so with this whole like robot genocide they decided to go to their own place in the world and call zero nation right or, mm -hmm. or whatever it's called i think it was zero yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so, like, they build their own, like, utopian society, and it's so, like, advanced mm -hmm. that, like, the whole world starts to depend on them. And then, literally, yep. the global markets of the world starts to crash. Mm -hmm. And then, 
like you were saying, they wanted the robots to decide to, you know, want peace and be a part of human civilization. Right. And they're like, no, and then that's when the war happens. The machines wanted to coincide. They they, they started, wanted that's what's so crazy. Yeah. They were good. And and you know, when we watch the Matrix films, we think, oh, like these machines are just fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, but like watching these short films, it gives us so much insight to both sides were in the wrong, but the humans were the ones originally who started all this. They kind of, the humans, I feel like, drove them the way the Wachowski, uh, uh, not the Wachowski now sisters, yeah, drove them, uh, wrote it. It's like the humans drove these machines to the point of no possible, like, they had no other choice, right, to like exterminate us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it's, it's fucked up in a way. It is. It's crazy. It's like, the machines kept saying, like, please, like, we just want to be part of the society. And the humans, every single time, just treated like them absolute shit. Killed them, destroyed them. I mean, banished them to this little piece of dead earth. And, like... And they shared their technology Exactly. Exactly. They're like, hey, like, we'll share our technology. We'll do anything to be here. But humans were having none of it. They were just, like... Like, once they became too, like, globally well-known, they're like, we're going to declare war on you. And it was just... It was not good for the humans, bro. Mm-hmm. They just got fucked up in every. Up. They just conceded every territory, whether it be France and like Europe. Oh, it was a wrap for them. Mm-hmm. And like that's how we got into the part of um, of literally like the humans having this effort to cover up the sky with nitrates. Right. Because the, the why machi- were they doing that though? Well, the machines draw their power from the sun. From the sun. Yeah, exactly. Right about that. Yeah. And so we thought it was all good enough for, and literally like. The, the war actually swung in favor of the humans for a little bit, but then the humans started to adapt. You know, the old models of these robots, which honestly, if you've ever seen the movie iRobot, it's kind of similar to in the very beginning, mm-hmm. but then they scrap those like predecessors and become like the ones like a little bit more ver- like versatile and destructive and tough the ones that we see in the movie, The Matrix, in the mm-hmm. three movies. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's it comes to a point where literally at, at the end of the, the, so the second film, second trophy on the second re- renaissance part two it comes to a point where like the humans have to concede mm-hmm. and they bring the hu- they bring this robot in he draw he's drawing up a surrender treaty and verbatim he goes like you humans are merely flesh you guys are a vessel for us <laughs> and explode like blow like detonates a nuclear bomb that he hit mm-hmm. and destroys the last of like humanity's leaders yeah yep Yep. What the fuck? It was crazy. And the humans were doing everything. Like Dylan said, they blacked out the sky, tried to block the sun. They blew up nukes everywhere around the world. I mean, they were doing anything and everything to in order to... They were not trying to concede at all. And the interesting thing is the physical appearance of the machines is what changes, right? We go from the beginning, machines look so innocent, right? right. They look like humans, mm-hmm. right? But are machines um, in a sense. Um, they look, like I said, they look really, really innocent. But as it progresses, we get to this point where we see the machines that we get now in the Matrix movies. These like horrifying, like almost spider, like tentacle, and like crazy like, ass. They didn't want that. They just they didn't wanted want to be a part of humans, bro. Yeah. And you know what? Like that shit, like yo, it, I feel like that ties that ties into a lot of human like aspects of you know slavery, all of that. Right. Literally, like. It's just so f-ing crazy. And we we can get into that conversation another time, but <laughs> literally, it's it just fucks you up. And then that's how you know. And then the way that he, the um, 
the way that the machines are able to still survive is because they capture like hundreds of millions of humans that were left on the battlefield to die and just use them as an energy source. Mm -hmm. And the way they keep them there is as you see now, the matrix, they put exactly. them in there and they feed off of that energy. Oh my God. And crazy. when we when I saw that, I was like, oh, bro, fields, I know fields of humans. It was crazy. I like it was so painful to see all those humans like dying and just and they're like using them for the thermal energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was wild. And then like once we like that's when I was like, oh, shit. like this all makes sense now. You know what I mean? Like this is why the Matrix exists, right? Um, but that was a badass moment. Yeah. This is the first two, the first two films. films oh yeah, goaded, goaded. Literally, sure. they give like they really just because the Matrix movies they hint at so many things like the surface world is no longer like a world; it's just a garbage land, wasteland, and like the machine world. You know how did that come to be? And it was just like, how, well, they gave us like little bits, but like I, we wanted to know more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then. You know, we have the other short film, the next one that comes after these two, Kid's Story. Mm -hmm. And that's where Neo is involved, bro. Like, literally, he, he, um, so there's this, he kind of, the kid that Neo talks to is the guy that says, oh my God, he's in the movies, like, Neo, you saved me. Like, he's always running after Neo. Yep. And it's because, like, you know, this kid realized that you know, there was more to life. And Neo was like, yo, they're coming to get you. And he was just a regular high school kid. Mm -hmm. And once they were chasing him, he just, he was just like, yo, Neil, I believe, jumped off the cliff and they got him out the Matrix. Like, exactly. How crazy is that? Did you, like, I didn't it even notice nuts. that. It was not Something that they, that the Wachowskis do really well. Well, another thing out of all these great things that they do is that they kind of, they, they tell us that basically to get out of the Matrix, you have to be special. Mm -hmm. You have to be a really special human. You know what I mean? You have to, yeah. you have to be really rare. That's how they put it in, in the, uh, in the films. Um, which is really interesting because, well, it's just, you know, we get to see like how different humans realize through different means, whether it's through intuition, through athleticism, through a bunch of different other ways, right? Like this high school kid who's like in communication with Neo and he just believes so much in Neo that he literally jumps off a building, like yeah. a fucking building. Like it's a spice, you know it, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I believe. Yeah. And then he's out of Matrix. Exactly. A regular ass kid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yo, it's just, man, like, what was, I just, well, there's obviously other films, you know, that, that we're going to get into, but for you, Pablo, I was just wondering, like, what, what struck out to you as, like, your best moment? You know, what did you really enjoy, you know? I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I think the final fight of Osiris, mm. that's, that's the best part. That's right. the best part. It's just, and it, I kind of hate saying that because it looks like we were talking about, it looks just like the Matrix movies. Yes. But in like in a video game setting, Literally right? Literally a video game setting. And it's so beautiful and it's so like, it's so on brand and it's like, it just hits all the marks that we want. Like, I wish I could see that, like a whole movie about Osiris. Like right. just that crew. You yeah, know oh mean? yeah, they can and, make a good movie of it. Yeah, oh, they can make a badass movie and, about that. And that's another thing. The animation styles were so different mm -hmm. for every film. Mm -hmm. Like the first two, the second Renaissance part one and part two, there was more like... Do you, do you know what do you know what I'm the first to? two were kind of like shown in kind of like a broadcasty way where we're seeing it through the lens of like a camera right you know what i mean yeah like we see like there's a recording like on mm -hmm. the top right or top left yeah we're like getting a lot of explanation it's going very fast paced mm -hmm. it's very like like storytelling wise it's like 
it's almost like a uh it reminds me of like you remember like black ops one mm-hmm. um and like you first open up the story mode and it's like showing you like a zoom out of like the map and like oh, yeah, like like all the yeah, shit that's yeah. going on you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it feels like that yeah and then you. i feel like everything in between until like um until the final fight of osiris is really experimental yeah. right they go through like a detective story which is like really detectively it's like black and white mm-hmm. we get to see trinity like it's badass yeah. but we'll get to that um so yeah do you want to talk more about the kid's story or should we move on i mean the kid's story the only thing i'd say the way it was animated it was like literally like they showed like I, you know how like animations have uh levels to the drawings mm-hmm. i feel like they like it was really like you just saw like the sketches of it you know what i mean like it looks so sketched out yeah yeah like it didn't reach its final form which i love like I it love was it. so raw mm-hmm. and it was like i don't know if you've ever like did that in high school where like you drew like stick figures and then you drew a, a next scene on the next page and then you flip through the yeah. pages and it looked like that's a whole movie felt. yeah that's exactly how it was <laughs> and i was like holy shit. it's so sick it's it was so sick. And, the, and the scenes like with him on a skateboard it was just it's just dope man um, I think I got like a similar like drawing kind of effect kind of thing like when we saw Dave the runner, the Olympic runner. Right, and that's it, in what was that one in? Um, which one is was that? that program? No, it wasn't no. program. Was that it? one is Beyond. 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 Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Which yes. we'll get to, but like it was kind of like a drawing kind of thing, like we we're saying about kids' story, but it felt even more broken down because it was like. It was almost like if somebody was literally drawing with like one of those uh I forget, they're like those black stencils? Like, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay. stencils. It was yeah. really cool though. It was you really cool. You could see like see every that. like fiber and like muscle exactly. of, his, of his like body. It was dope. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, really cool. But now nah, the 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 kid's story, which you know, he plays a big part in all the Matrix movies. What's his name? Clayton Watson? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who he that's the kid's name in the Matrix movies. Always goes after Neo and like loves him, idolizes him. That's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the next one, what do we got? Program. Mm-hmm. This one was dope because it took, it was two characters in a whole simulation, mm-hmm. but they were, but the, but the, but it was a simulation in a simulation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a test. Yeah. Like the, you had this girl who's a protagonist, sis, and she's fighting in her famous favorite simulation battle in the matrix and it's like a feudal the feudal days of japan mm-hmm. and you have a male samurai um whose name who's known as duo and they both you know i think they like each other yeah and they're fighting and they're training and then you know duo comes out and he's like listen man you know i blocked your i blocked the operator who's the people who put them in and out of the matrix mm-hmm. and he's like listen i blocked the broadcasting and i was like listen he was like listen we need to go back to the matrix you know yeah like come with me yeah like the reality the reality of of, of knowing the truth you know i wish i didn't know it anymore it sucks mm-hmm. and you know life is much better in a virtual world like he said peaceful life lies in the virtual world that the machines create in the matrix mm-hmm. which is so interesting because like is he wrong that's that's what i was asking myself like he's not wrong right you know i mean because like nobody on either side is really wrong about what they're doing in a sense you know what i mean i mean what the machines do what the machines are doing now i think is wrong like, oh that's wrong yeah like they they need to you know be exterminated but what the humans did to the machines was it's also a, wrong like they, they drove them to a point of like no return exactly and it's just like 
I mean, it started with the humans, though, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, humans' greed and corruption led them to making these robots, enslaving them, making them do their bidding. And, and I wonder and I wonder why the Wachowski sisters, like, as you were saying, like, what was... We, like, we know the inspiration for why they did it, because, you know, they... They were both. They were first. They were first men, but they realized, you know, they were women living inside men's body, mm -hmm. and that was some of the inspiration behind the Matrix. So I just wonder, like, what other contributing factors like made them think of this? Because they also wrote these and direct and like animated all of these most of these short films. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, what do what are they saying about humanity, or what, you know, like is I feel like that gets to the question: Is humanity fundamentally like? good or bad or is there such thing as good or bad exactly know? it brings up so many questions morality is, is, is fucking crazy. <laughs> something me and dylan were talking about before we started the, the podcast i guess pre-podcast um was kind of the religious aspect or like kind of like a, a higher power aspect mm -hmm. in in this animated series right. when we first come in we see this kind of like woman that looks almost like she definitely seems like a god or kind of like, like a, a Buddha, goddess, yeah. yeah, kind of thing, like Related symbol, to like Buddhism or like Hinduism something like or something. that. And she's like the one that like kind of opens up the world to us, like right. uh, almost like she, she said, like file da 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 da. Yeah. And it was like she was taking us into what the short films were, right? right? She mm -hmm. she was almost like the Watcher, yeah, in like Marvel, yeah, right? Yeah, and it was really cool. Oh, I love that. I love that connection, bro. Yeah, that's like a snap right there. Good yeah. job, snap. snap. <laughs> 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 um but yeah that was really really cool to see that oh there's another influence and religion is kind of has to do with it in right. a sense right and you know i'm glad you said that because going back to the first two films before they were going before the humans were about to make their last stand and go into like this open battlefield of big ass war right mm -hmm. they were all praying mm -hmm. all of them were praying yeah and and i think that's so interesting because i feel like a lot of the times, not everybody, is, you know, is religious in that sense. Mm -hmm. But every single one of them, they were having like big ass screens, all preaching to the troops. And now, mind you, this is like global troops, people who believe in all different types of religions, gods, goddesses, all of that. Right. But they're all like under one. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they were all all of them had some type of belief. Right. In something. Right. That kind of brings up like the thing of like when humanity has their back against the wall, everybody comes together, right? Right. And that's what something I think the Matrix does because something I love about the Matrix and obviously it's an animated series is part of the Matrix, uh, I guess like universe, obviously, is that they bring in so many different ethnicities, right? And personalities mm. and different people, right? They represent so much, so many different areas of like humans right and so it's just beautiful to see that they always have this inclusion in it it's not just like all white people right like you know that's such a good point and when did the matrix movies come out in like the early 2000s yeah the wachowskis are ahead of time yeah i never like I, i'm so glad you said that pablo because i never actually once like we saw everybody yeah and it's not like your stereotypical like light-skinned brown people in mm -hmm. films mm -hmm. dark skinned people were yeah. always in the matrix mm -hmm. white people asian people every like literally mm -hmm. like brown skin like brown skin asian people were in it too like yeah yeah they really included everybody mm -hmm. and um and it's interesting too because i wonder how like gender and like like i like societal like norms and all that like, i don't i even wonder like how they perceive that because if you guys ever watch the matrix there's this scene 
uh, where they party in the caves. I believe it's the second movie. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Yes. I think that's in the second. Or yeah. it's in the third. No, it's the second one. It's the second, it's the second one. one. And you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who plays Morpheus, he gives this big ass speech, and then you know they party like there's mm-hmm. no tomorrow. Yeah. And everybody's just doing everybody, you know, mm-hmm. with limited to no clothing because they're just free as fuck. Yeah. So it's just like I just, I just, it's just so interesting. Me and Dylan were talking about this as well. Uh, now talking about clothing, actually, um, something we were realizing is that kind of like humanity kind of ending in a sense but not really obviously there's still survivors in Mm -hmm. zion led to humanity kind of going back to its roots and like not really wearing clothes or not really valuable valuing clothes as a as a a really important commodity right yeah like we see a lot of people even in this in this uh in the animatrix you see a lot of people like nearly naked right or like very little clothing you know I mean? And clothes. everybody's like okay with it. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't. Nobody cares. Well, honestly, I mean, how could they? The whole world is destroyed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like vanity, like like uh, vanity and like greed is just like not. You just it's just not there. Like right. it, it will always be there, but in terms of materialism, they got nothing. Right. They're literally underground, mm-hmm. close to the Earth's core. Right. It's just right. Uh, they have nothing, so they 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 go back to like mm-hmm. a. a uh, more like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but they go back to more like the essence of humans, right? Like mm-hmm. the origins, yeah. um, if and that the, makes sense. And the machines have everything. They rule the world. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Actually, now talking about like like the whole race thing and like ethnicities represented in the Matrix, it's funny how Agent, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the machines mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they turn to like Agent, right? In the Matrix. Um, they're all white men. They're all white men. That looks scary. Shit. You know what I mean? That's so fucking... Yo! I never even put on to that. Oh my god, that's so true. I just thought about that. Y'all, yeah, that's so crazy for y'all who haven't watched the Matrix movies. They're, yeah, the agents are in the Matrix to make sure people stay in the Matrix and they don't get released and find out the truth and join, like, Zion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all the agents, every single one of them, no matter how different they look, are white men. Mm-hmm. Yo, they're white men and they're the policing, they, right? They're, they they're are the, the police. They're the law enforcement in this world. Holy fuck! Which is crazy because again, this is made in the early two thousands. You know what I mean? Like, and they want to keep you down. That's the whole exactly. point of them to make sure that you don't like go to the next level. You exactly. know, go beyond the matrix. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so interesting too, which I which I always like. I've watched the matrix so many times, and I don't. There's this part where, like, Neo finds out the creator of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And it's a white guy. Yeah. But it's, like, it's in the third movie, but I was always so confused about it. Because it's, like, he's the creator of the Matrix, but, like, isn't the creator of the Matrix a machine? Right. So I was, I was so confused. I don't know, y'all, if y'all, if y'all know that, if y'all ever understood that part. I was confused. And, and I've watched that movie several times. Like, I just... That part was confusing for me. I, I never understood like, who he represented. He's supposed to be the father of the Matrix. So he basically controls everything. Mm-hmm. But he's also a machine. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually... I don't know. I mean, honestly, I wish we could talk to the Wachowskis about it. But well, I'd love to. <laughs> That'd be amazing. We because should know. there's, you know, Matrix 4 is coming out. I know, Matrix 4. And we will cover that. Yes, We will yes, cover that. But we should We actually... got so off tangent, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah. What's Let's the... talk about... What, what are we on next? Uh, I mean, we we touched on Beyond, which was the uh, which was the athlete. 
Mm-hmm. You want to go more into it? Let's talk about Beyond. Yeah. 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 You got it. Beyond. Beyond, Beyond was um, basically uh, Dan, right? Dan was this, he's, it seems like he's an Olympic runner, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's having all this almost anxiety because he had an injury that derailed him from breaking the world record, mm-hmm. right? And I think he held the world record already, he but he wanted to break, break it, it which is under nine seconds, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. which is what he wanted. And he is basically putting all of his will, like everything in him, his body, like when we're seeing him running, everything's in slow motion. Like basically the whole, like, I think the short film might take place like in 10 minutes. Yeah. Most of that is him literally running. running. And it's just slow motion. We even see him like, tear his muscle again like in one of his legs and he continues to run and he's he's putting so much of himself in it that he is starting to break through the matrix like like i don't even know how to explain it but it's like literally like he is controlling the energy around him mm-hmm. for that one goal yeah which is to win the race mm-hmm. and if you i don't know you remember in the beginning of the uh of the, the that film beyond where they were like the people who realize that they're in this type of matrix and simulation are very like rare. Yep. And it's people that are gifted, you know, either yeah. they're very rare or they're gifted in something. Mm-hmm. And he was obviously very gifted. Exactly. And it's just like, he literally, there was a point where he breaks free of the matrix mm-hmm. and he's like in the, in the, in those red tanks in the fields and fields of humans that are used for energy in, in the, in the real world. Mm-hmm. And the machines put him back to sleep. Yep. Oh, man. He wakes up, and it's such a, like, that, I don't even know, like, 10-second clip that we see of him, like, screaming. He's, like, this basically deformed human. Like, it's so terrifying, and he's just, like, you know, he woke up, and then they put him back back to sleep, like Dylan said. And when he is starting to wake up while he's running, we see agents take over, because we see agents take over the, right, humans' bodies in the Matrix, and we see them all like right behind him trying to grab him. Right. And then um, when he does cross the finish line, he does end up breaking the world record, yeah. which is, uh, he, I think he said 8.72. 8. 8. And the record was 8.99. Exactly. Seconds. It was crazy. Yo, crazy. I, and it's, and what hit me was the after scene of it where he's like, I think he's paralyzed mm-hmm. because he, he, he literally tore the muscles in his legs and calves. And he mm-hmm. has like, things around him to help and they said he would never walk again yeah and the agents are patrolling him and they're like yeah he's done for and he's like as he's speaking he's like i'm free Mm -hmm. and you start to see things around him like loki start to levitate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then he falls to the ground yeah it's almost like 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 neo in a sense Mm -hmm. and i wonder because the thing about like neo being the one is that there there have been multiple matrixes before you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's been multiple the ones before yeah what if he was the one you know what or what if he was a potential candidate to be the one to be the one you know that's what a I good mean? point i never had thought about that because actually. he was literally able to kind of defy the laws of you know the matrix the matrix in a <laughs> yeah. sense and not everybody can do that people can like people like the kid like who follows me around he didn't defy gravity like he was just doing human shit yeah. He just knew that there was something like Neo. He knew something was just not right with the he world. He was in communication yeah. with Neo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he already knew what kind of was going yeah. on. He had a tether, yeah. right? But like, 
this athlete like, Dan, he was working all on just willpower willpower basically. and when he was paralyzed and he couldn't walk he just stood up he was like i'm free mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just drops around the film ends and it was just like yeah. Bro, tell me more. I would have loved if he was the one. And imagine, then, yeah. imagine seeing a whole film of him being the one. Bro. That'd be sick. And it's crazy because they, you were saying that they could, they could make another whole, they could make a prequel off this Animatrix. Mm-hmm. Like this, like the first two films, easily an hour movie of war, yeah. fighting, and just seeing all that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Would you rather see Matrix Four? Or would you rather have a whole movie and animated, like an animated movie of the Matrix? Like, obviously, this is one, but this is a collection. Mm-hmm. Would you rather see one long animated piece or a series? I would love to see a series. I think I want a series because I think with a series, they could they could go so much deeper into like, like humans. Morpheus? <laughs> And everybody, yeah, everyone, anything. Everyone. That's the beautiful thing about series that you, you know, it just doesn't end there. Could we see that happen in the future where we have Matrix series, like TV shows, animated TV shows? Because I don't think I want to see like in real life person TV um, shows. I actually wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind a real life. I wouldn't Matrix. either, but I think the animated just gives them so much ability, right? right? Like there was so much in these eight short films that could have never been accomplished in a in real life in like a a, a real life movie yeah. right unless you're gonna like spend you know 500 million dollars right like i mean duh i mean they could call up amazon and be yeah like, call hey, up amazon you know <laughs> for those of you who don't know lord of the rings is yeah. a tv show series right yeah 500 yeah. million dollars half budget. a billion dollars budget that's just gonna be beautiful <laughs> oh my it's god i oh Lord have mercy. But we should get back on topic. Yes, we should. Um, um, the next you want to go for a detective story? A det- actually, uh, yeah, a detective story. So basically, the detective, I forgot his name because there's so many of these stories. But, I did too, um, I'm not going to lie. I did too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But point is, like, we should, you should know that this detective guy, he's literally like the worst detective. <laughs> like, he's just bad on luck. Like, he, nothing goes his way. And basically, I think, I don't know how he finds out about Trinity. Do you, do you remember? So basically, this detective, um, he's sitting at his desk. I think he's with his cat or dog. I'm pretty sure. And um, like he's sitting there and he's like, well, we have nothing to do. We have no jobs. Da, 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 da. And then he gets like a call. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And this call yes. is from the agents. They oh. want him to investigate uh, this person. So he's like, all right, of course, I'll do it. We're back in the game. Mm-hmm. So he gets into contact with this supposed hacker, right? That's what they, they called it. And the, the hacker, hacker is Trinity. Trinity. Oh, so yes. the hacker's like, meet me through the sixth, um, what was it? The sixth bound or the sixth borough or something right. like that. And he figures it out by looking at a map. So he ends up finding Trinity, which is so badass. And by the way, the way they did this short film, like this specific one, was so beautiful. It was oh. in black and white. The detective is narrating in that really like old school movie fashion of like yeah. narrating like what's going on, like, like Sherlock Holmes kind of school. Yeah, it was yeah. the it, look of it, the the styling, everything yeah. was so perfect. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, which this scene was so sick. This might have been one of my favorite scenes when he finds Trinity. He opens the door and because they're on a train, right? He opens the door. And he automatically points a gun 
to the right of him and Trinity points a gun at him without him looking at her. You know what I mean? Without him looking. Wait, so he points the gun at her. Remember, he opened the door. Yeah. And he automatically just pulls out his gun and yeah. and puts it to the right because he right. knows Trinity's right there. Exactly. And Trinity points a gun at him. And then Trinity has, she doesn't have an actual gun. She has this like, uh, the ones that they extract that like robotic worm out of your, yes, your eye. Yes, take the eye because that's yeah. how they keep you um, um, in the matrix. Yes. Yeah. And so um, Trinity does that and he starts realizing like there's something here. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. the like matrix. He has the potential real. exactly. to know the truth. Yeah. And then um, it progresses where Trinity and him are another part because the agents find them and they start shooting at them. And Trinity and him are in a different car of the train. And he starts turning into an agent. And that's when Trinity Trinity shoots him to prevent him from happening. She told them, I'm sorry, I wish you had the potential. Or he had the potential, but... I wish you... Yeah, yeah, I wish you could have gone with me. And she meant that because... Like, I I think it was mentioned that there had been other detectives before him Mm -hmm. that tried to find Trinity, but they either ended up committing suicide, went missing, or gone insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of the truth, because of the truth that was revealed to them. Right, and he was so close. Yo, he he, was he accepted so... the truth, and yeah. even when Trinity shot him, he was okay with it. Yeah, he was he like, I understand. Yeah, and he was like, I wish I could go with you, but I understand. Yeah, and he was like, um, how does he? You know, he ends. You know, he the the agents come into the train and see that he's about to die. And he just, you know, he goes out in his own way. Like, I have the line here. Like, he's about to smoke. And he ends the the film by saying, a case to end all cases. Because, like, he has such bad luck with, like, all his other previous cases. And, like, he was like, you know what? It's all right. I found yeah. out the truth. Exactly. I'll go out like a G. He he had, like, the ultimate, like, moment. You yeah. know what I mean? Before he went out. Um. So, a detective story, easily top three, in my opinion. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. I think so, too. You asked me this question earlier. What was my favorite moment? What was your favorite moment? My favorite moment is, huh? I have a couple, but it's actually the one that we're going to talk about now. Matriculated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this film basically is about rebels. Um, these rebels are living above ground, like on the surface world, and their goal is like they've basically tried to take robots and convert them on their side, right? And so their eyes, instead of going from red, turn to green. Mm-hmm. And they fight for them by showing them like that humans are not, you know, as bad as they seem. Mm-hmm. But it's such a it's such a juxtaposition because to the as you said to the to some of the female characters or just the characters in general, they still believe in like entrapping the robots. Yeah, which is enslaving like, them, enslaving them, which yeah. is the same thing that got them into this position in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like when will it end? And they try to, they put this, this, the robot that they capture in the matrix of their own to show them this until Sentinels show up. And they start murking everybody, going crazy, killing them. Mm -hmm. It's a bloodbath. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the robot ends up saving this one girl that captured him in the, the captured the robot in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it's a girl that was saying like, we should be enslaving them. Yeah. That was the funny part. It's the funny part. And the robot. You know, he's still good. He still has green eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been turned because, you know, the robots make their own choices in the Matrix to see if they want to be good or stay bad. Mm-hmm. And he puts her into the Matrix. Yeah. Against her will. Mm-hmm. And she hates it and dies. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so interesting? It was crazy. It was crazy. This this one was 
one of this is probably the most interesting one. Yeah, like if I, we're really thinking about it. I literally said that honestly, like the, the matrix that these f-ing humans created look an acid trip for the robots, bro. Like it was yeah. f-ing insane. This one I would not recommend watching drunk, high any substance, any please substance don't. don't. You're gonna get f- up by even it. watching a norm like you're sober like, what the f- is happening you're just mind f- the whole time and kudos to the to the animators that did that crazy beautiful, oh my. beautiful. i've never seen that type of animation style ever mm-hmm. maybe like something like similar to like uh, jujitsu kaisen with the domain expansions mm-hmm. on something of that level but it doesn't even compare no oh my god it was crazy huh. it was crazy but but yeah that was that was just my favorite um scene like it was so colorful. It was so vibrant. They right. like lead this robot through a maze. It was it was crazy. And honestly, and the robot wanted to like help her in the Matrix too. Did you see that? Like there was yeah. a scene where he was like, "Yo, take my hand," and she was like, "No." She still wouldn't do it even after all of that. And it's like, <laughs> there's no give from either side. Right. That's what they're like trying to point out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. I don't know. We could talk about this episode. I could honestly dedicate a whole hour to this episode. Oh I mean, for, to this short film. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. But what's next? Oh, you know our favorite one. This is the best one. The best, best one. one. Best Final one. flight of the Osiris. Now, for those of y'all that have that have watched the Matrixes, this I don't know if you remember, but in in the third Matrix, what's the third what's the third Matrix called? Retribution. Uh, Matrix Revolutions. Yes, not Retribution. Retribution is the second one, isn't it? Matrix or is Retribution not the, ma- the second one is Reloaded. Reloaded. Oh, yes, fuck. it all begins okay, with the okay, R, okay. though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. close. Yeah. So the Matrix Revolutions in the first, in the in the beginning of this scene, you know, Commander Locke, he's the big commander of all the legions mm-hmm. uh, of humans, and he says that we've lost contact with the Osiris. Mm-hmm. This film talks about the fucking Osiris crew. Beautiful. And literally, they kind of so the, the fight of the Osiris crew starts off with literally. We have these two people, Captain Thaddeus, dope ass guy, and Jew, and Jue, Jue, Um and yeah, they're yeah. in a simulation, <laughs> and they're fighting yeah. in a samurai dojo. Uh, it's dope as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like they both like each other because they was peeking at because they, they love each other. Yeah, they had blindfolds on and they were fighting. It was getting really sexual. It was getting intense. Don't show this to your kids. Yeah, That's all I please say. be. Yeah, yeah, please. Thirteen or above. Thirteen or above. Thirteen and above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was just dope. And then, ooh, you know, we find out the Sentinels find where the ship is docked and they're mm. hunting them down. And then we see the surface world. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Fucked up the whole world, bro. It, the whole world is just scorched. Scor- like, like, I think Mad Max is crazy. This yeah. is like times 10. No, and we got a glimpse of like what the real world looked like mm-hmm. in the Matrix, but it was like for like a five second shot. Yeah. But this one. The world is just no more. Yeah. And when the Osiris is escaping the Sentinels, we find out that there's a whole army of machines mm-hmm. drilling like on the top of the surface. Mm-hmm. And they realize that what's what's like four kilometers below is Zion. Mm-hmm. And that is like the transition between the second movie and the beginning of the first movie. It's crazy. And they talk about it briefly, but the Osiris, like they sent a warning message. Like they risk they uh they sacrifice. They sacrifice themselves to get a message to Zion saying, oh, "Listen, an army is coming." And you know, even though Zion was a guy to get fucked up by you know by the machines, they saved them some time. You know. Yeah, Osiris is the whole reason that they were able to even put up a fight, or even know that a yeah, fight was even coming. Know that it was coming because without them, no, Zion would have been, been done. Yeah, been over. Done. I mean, 
the the scene of them flying the ship and battling all the machines was crazy and like it, it well, what me and like Dylan were talking about is like humans in this time they don't they just know death is a thing like they just accept it automatically you know what I mean we just see all these characters die and they, they they're okay with it yeah I mean they know the truth you know they know like mm-hmm. and for some people like you know, I want to be back in the virtual world. Like, when people commit suicide because the truth is just quite literally too much to handle. And they'd rather be in a world that they could, you know, it'd be just perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And um, the the interesting part of the the Animatrix to me, another well, another interesting part was uh, the, the relationships we saw like the love relationships, right? Yeah. Like we saw the two samurai one. Yeah. Um, and then this one uh, was really interesting because we see like basically one gets be- one betrays the other, even though they love each other. Mm-hmm. And then this one here, they both die doing what they love. You yeah. mean like yeah. or for humanity's sake, right? And um like Thaddeus, right? Thaddeus. Thaddeus, Thaddeus. Captain yeah. Thaddeus, yeah. yeah, Captain Thaddeus. So um crazy name like they were about to kiss when they were um inside the simulation like in the beginning of of the final fight of osiris um when they're like practicing him and jue jue yeah yeah Yeah. they're about to kiss and then it was interrupted yeah and then they're like oh like they got like this like 10 seconds of like love and harmony Mm -hmm. and then it was over for like one moment exactly peaceful Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. mean i mean that's i feel like I feel like humans, like at that point, like you said, Pablo, humans are very simple when you take away a lot of things. Right. Like, just do what you want, like do what you love, mm-hmm. have the people around you that you love. And that's really it. Right. You know? Exactly. And in the Matrix, it's funny though, because like none of these people are necessarily doing what they love, right? And in, in hum- like today's world, right? We're always like, oh, do what you love to do. Right. Right. Like none of these people want to be doing this. Yeah. But. Like, do we really want to be in college? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do we really want to take midterms? Do I? Do you? No. Do you, Pablo? That. Um, That. Yeah. (laughs) Any teachers are listening to this? Um, Don't put a time stamp. Don't don't give me that grade. Yeah. Um, This is just a simulation. Yes. Either way. um, You are not real. But we see the, the, the connections of, like, love. That's what makes everybody fight. They fight for each other. Yeah. Right? Neo fights for love. Yeah, he they risks. all fight for love. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they're essentially doing. But I mean, if you don't have love, I mean, you might as well just end humanity at that point. Exactly. Right. And you that's know? like, that's the essence of humanity. Love, right? bro. It's yeah. love. And that's what the Matrix is getting at. Yeah. It's yeah. so, that kid loves Neo. Like, right? yeah. yeah. Neo loves Trinity. Right. Morpheus loves humanity. Yes. He's fighting for Zion. He's fighting. He loves Zion. Bro. You know I mean? He does everything he does for his love of Zion. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. This is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, guys, we could talk. I'm telling you guys, please watch it. It's on HBO Max. And it's on YouTube, too, right? Yeah. It's on YouTube for $1.99. Yeah. It's definitely worth the two bucks, for sure. Oh, my 100%. gosh. Yes, please. Please watch it. Um, this will conclude our review on the Animatrix. Um, it was like, like we said, um, great, great, great film. Uh, well, collection of films and definitely, definitely please give it a watch. And I like that it was a movie too. Like they just put it all together. I didn't even give a that it was all different because it all had the same concept. All right, we 
we are back. Let's do it. How are y'all doing? Next section. Next section. Presented to us, laid out for us. Oh, guys. Uh, we got Naruto shooting characters as NBA players. So first, I got Naruto as LeBron. F***ing GOAT, bro. Naruto's the GOAT. Who's beating him? Nobody. <laughs> Actually, I think Kobe. I actually do think Kobe. Okay, so the way I thought about this was like at the start of Shippuden, right? Oh, at the start? The, all right, we're kind of on different things here, but I kind of thought of him as Trey Young. Now, let me explain. Please do. Trey Young, when he came into the league, he's too small, he's too skinny, mm -hmm. he's uh, his shooting wasn't great in college. Mm -hmm. Like, you mean he played on a college team that mm -hmm. like catered to him, right? And Naruto is kind of that. He's he's the that's, one that's too skinny. He's I, the one that's put down in the village, right? In the beginning. I would feel like that's also that could be said for Rock Lee too, though. You know what I mean? Like Rock yeah. Lee doesn't have ninjutsu. This fucking guy has only taijutsu. Work his ass off, you know? But but Trey Young is a godly player. And here's a comparison, because so I'm just gonna say it because this will like make sense. My for Sasuke, I think it's Luca, because listen, Luca is like the chosen one, right? He's supposed to be this like is he godly and NBA is he player. Though? He's supposed to be the next go. Is he like that's what really that, that's what goal? the media that's what the media that's what the media says. I feel right? like there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are supposed to be the next go. But this is what they've labeled him at, him mm. as, right? So let me explain. Luca comes into the league, he's a god, right? Automatically, Trey comes into the league. There's a lot of shit that he's going through, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of kinks and stuff. But if you ask yourself, really, who has garnered more goodwill from the NBA public? Trey Young. Because he's now made it to an Eastern Conference final, which Luka hasn't even won one playoff series, which is kind of what Sasuke's at in, sh in the beginning of Shippuden. Mm. Sasuke is the one that kind of like, like he just he just left the village. Well, and Naruto was up at that point. Mm, that's Good true. Was. But I here's what I would disagree because Sasuke, you know, I was thinking about this in the totality of Naruto. Like Sasuke, he's a loner, and I think Sasuke is Kobe Bryant, and I think Kobe, I love Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is goaded. He's my goat personally. Um, R.I.P. That's crazy, that man. But, but like sure. you know, Kobe was a loner. He trained by himself. Sasuke trained by himself. Mentally strong. Is motivated by his goal to be skilled in all jutsus with Sasuke. It's Kobe in basketball. Shit. Kobe has an unparalleled skill set. So does Sasuke. Oh my god. Stop playing with me. Gosh. <laughs> That's it. No, no, no. Like Sasuke, come on up. Yeah, come on up. Right, come on up. But you know, I understand what you're saying about the beginning of Naruto. It's this is just two different perspectives. Okay, now that you said that, I think you're right. If if we're going off of it by at the end of Shippuden, like totality wise, mm -hmm. who they are as characters, mm -hmm. you're and, right. And you you're know right. what? I chose LeBron for Naruto because Naruto and, and Sasuke be having battles, and LeBron and Kobe I think had some battles themselves. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting actually about the LeBron thing mm -hmm. is because it, Naruto basically is Jesus, right? Like in He's in, considered in the world. Messiah, yeah, like yeah. the one, the, the yeah. one. Yeah, right? he's he's special. Mm -hmm. You're know a child mean? of like, prophecy. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. LeBron is that. He was supposed. He is the child of prophecy. LeBron right? when he came into the, the league, yeah. he was the biggest basketball player from the high world, school. From high school, crazy. So he was that. He was the the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. 
Um, let's move on. Itachi. Who you who you have as Itachi? Uh, this is kind of wild to me. It, it's watch. tough because I I chose Itachi as Michael Jordan, and here's why. Um, I chose Sasuke, and then this this goes back to Sasuke being Kobe. Kobe was always chase like not chasing after Kobe, but not chasing after uh, Itachi. Wait, wait, what did I say? I'm getting confused. Itachi's Jordan, and I chose Sasuke's Kobe because Kobe, Kobe, and Jordan were like little and big brother. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Sasuke and Itachi. You know, Sasuke always Sasuke was a generational talent, just like Kobe was. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Jordan, you know, retired. Uh, what was it like? I'm getting this right. Um, like, I don't think Kobe got to play Jordan when he was in his prime. No way, right? That's mm-hmm. that's true. And so. If you think about it, like... Well, Kobe did play Jordan in his prime, but Kobe was not in his prime when he played Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, if you think about it, like, Itachi comes back in the fourth Great Ninja War, and if you can compare it to, like, Jordan coming back after he had to go play baseball Mm -hmm. and coming back and winning three rings... Yep, yep, yep. You killed it. (laughs) You did a lot better than me on this. Yeah, I'm going to get killed for this, dude. You, you killed it. You killed it. I, I, I picked Kawhi. Um, I don't know why. I'm going to go through it real quick just because I have to explain it to the audience and myself now. Um, Kawhi Leonard, silent, right? Just like Itachi. Quiet dude, right? Kawhi, godly player. Itachi, god, right? Right. Kawhi carried his own team, right? Toronto to a chip. That's cap. Okay. Huh? That's cap. What do you mean? He, All right. That man had literally, like, didn't he have Kyle Lowry and... And uh, Pascal. Pascal, yeah, Siakam. No, no, there's a lot of good players. That I'm was not, not a no. carry. It's not a carry, but that team without Kawhi doesn't win a championship. Um, no, they don't. The next season, we saw that. They had that same exact team without Kawhi, and they didn't win anything. Well, also... They, they didn't win a championship. They won... They also beat the Warriors because they had two players. Oh, I agree. Look, we don't have to talk about that finals. <laughs> if, if we're being honest, yeah. if Kevin Durant's even healthy, like they're winning that series, or even if if Clay doesn't get injured either, they are winning that series. They, you know, we don't have to get into it. Exactly. But, but Kawhi made the shot of shots. Yeah, Kawhi's at that point now where, like, he's injury prone, just like Itachi and Shaputin. Like, Itachi's mad weak, and like he wasn't weak in Shaputin. He was still like a godly. Right, he was amazing, but he could only like last for so long before he would falter. So that's what kind of my thinking was. It's not really good. I like the Jordan thing a lot more. <laughs> um, let's move on because honestly, your list is a lot better than mine. <laughs> let's go with Kakashi. Kakashi, you actually picked this one, and I like Steph Curry, <clears throat> leader of his team, leader of his team, and doesn't have to do much to be a leader of his team. Mm-hmm. And you can compare it to Steph Curry's off ball movement. Steph Curry's off ball movement is so great it's special he creates he creates space for his players and his teammates and kakashi you know he lets his team he has enough faith in his team to get the job done mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. thing with steph and the thing is like when steph came into the league he wasn't a finished product exactly. he, he got better every year and even kakashi. though kakashi was like also a chosen one per uh, se he, he was a genius he, he, he was, was a genius which Steph coming out of Davidson was also a genius. Yeah. Because he did amazing in Davidson. Remember that game? I think he dropped like 40 in Davidson. Either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steph didn't just like peak and that was it. He kept getting better mm-hmm. and better and better. And he and, perfected his like jump shot. Until 
like Kakashi became... perfected the um the lightning blade Chidori, mm-hmm. you know. And the Kakashi we see in the in the fourth Great Ninja War is an animal, bro. Like Mangeki Sharingan, bro. Come on, bro. Yeah. He's he's giving Obito hands. He he bro. can spam Mangeko somehow. He's giving everybody the hands. At bro. the end of it, he he uh, what, Obito gives him the the second starting gun, mm-hmm. so he can have the duel. He was broken. He was, he was broken at that point, bro. He was broken. He had like like black Kumai shotting guns. Susano. I love Kakashi. Yeah, I love Kakashi. Love that man. Um. Next, Madara. Now, I think we have to put these two together. Madara, Madara and Hashirama. Yeah. Because I put those two as like Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Because mm-hmm. those two guys were rivals in their era mm-hmm. and always going at it. I think I was actually, when we're talking about this, I had originally thought about Madara as Will Chamberlain and Hashima, ha- Hashirama as Bill Russell as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually just going to agree with you because... Um, it makes perfect sense. Will Chamberlain did not win as much as Bill Russell, right? Bill yeah. Russell got everything, right? Yeah. And that's what Hashirama did. Hashirama he won everything. literally built the leaf, like he got the leaf village. And he, everybody loved him, right? Oh, yeah. Will was a, a, a confusing figure in the NBA world. There was a lot of love and hate for him. And like I said, he didn't win, you know what I mean? Like as much as a Bill Russell. Right? Oh yeah, Bill Russell had like what, 11 rings. But Will Chamberlain was considered the more like physical specimen you know what i mean he was considered yeah, he was like that. seven feet tall seven foot and one. he could like you know he was a legend like he had like a 48 inch fur or something like oh that you know I mean like God. crazy shit so that makes sense for me um i had originally put Madara as jordan thinking in that same line that um line of thought that uh that um dylan had brought up earlier about itachi coming back um i had thought about Madara like coming back same mm. thing as when jordan came back from i'm not going Madara came back. Everybody, bro. I'm just gonna say this right now. Madara is my favorite. Him and Pain are equally tied as my favorite villains in all of anime that I've watched. Great villains. I don't care. Great villains. When Madara showed up, was, and when Pain showed up, that was life changing for me. Bro, Madara made the five Kage look like babies. <laughs> bro, the most the most gangster <laughs> he did was like he took on the whole army. Yeah, <laughs> and then he took on the when he took on the five Kage. He's like, so do you want these shadow clones to also use Susano? Because he made like how many shadow clones? Five to one to the Kage, like five Madaras to this Kage. Mm-hmm. And that's what my line of thinking was with Jordan as well as Madara is because when Jordan came back from baseball, it's like, oh, all right, like Olajuwon, you want a chip? Cool. Like Patrick Ewing, you got the Knicks. All right, f- it, whatever. Like. Like all these little teams, like you guys think is so good, and you guys are and gonna beat you, us. Yeah, and Jordan yeah. just came back and repeated. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. I actually like that too. I didn't think about that too, but you're so right about that. Madara came back and fucked up everybody. Yeah, I everybody. think Will and Jordan work as a as a comparison. I think so, yeah. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, Madara lost. Um, but we don't have to talk about that because the ending of how he died was one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen in my life. How he died? Yeah, he died peacefully. I think. No, he died peacefully, which I didn't like that either, um, because well, I'd rather my villains burn in hell. Well, we're going to talk about that in a Naruto series about, yeah. you know... We're going to talk about fighting. villains in Naruto. Yes. Because they're so good. And the fighting and, like, if you notice in Naruto, like, when somebody, like, look at Naruto and Sasuke, Madara, and Hashirama, they fight so many times, but they don't kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. They don't. 
because they understand each other's ideals and try to put them so uh, that's where talk no jutsu comes that's where everybody talks about naruto's most strongest jutsu is talk no jutsu mm-hmm. all right and for our last one we saved the best for last oh god he's gonna get us so much hate for this <laughs> i kind of hate it i honestly didn't have enough time to think about this so i'm just yeah, gonna give myself yeah. a pass but we have sakura um <clears throat> paul pierce paul pierce <laughs> i don't know why you did that because Paul Pierce is a hated figure in the NBA. That is true. And Sakura does get a lot of hate, even though she's goaded. And Paul Pierce is overrated. Paul think, Pierce is overrated. You think Sakura is overrated? <laughs> um, I think the way they wrote her, yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm always... All right, look. Like, if I'm going to give my 10-second spiel, Sakura should have been on the same level as Naruto and, and Sasuke. Like, if the writers would have done a better job. Well, I think, they, I think she was too. Oh, no, she wasn't. No. I think once she unlocked, like, Tsunade's 100 seals. But that's all they gave her. They gave her already a form of a recycled thing. Like, right. Like, that already existed and in the then, world. And then, like, Sasuke got the shaman gun. And the both they both got, like, six path sage energy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah, it was a wrap for Sakura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I agree with you. You're right about that point. Yeah. And, like, Paul Pierce needed KG and Ray Allen. And, and Rondo. And Rondo. And Rondo. And Kendrick Perkins. And, Ken- and KP. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. KP. Which Sakura needed Naruto and Sasuke. So. Yeah, the way she needed them, crazy. It was crazy. crazy. Sasuke-kun. <laughs> Let's relax. <laughs> Let's relax. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for the whole episode. Um, we're definitely going to be back with oh, yeah. more reviews, more anime talk, more fandom talk, more comparisons to NBA players or other sports. We don't know. Um, yeah. Of we course, might talk about um, Marvel Space Four about the multiverse. We might. We oh might do God. it. We might talk about Loki's ending because that was amazing. Yo, Loki! Oh, watch it. Watch it. Please watch it. Watch it. Great. The other shows are eh, but Loki's amazing. What? Watch what if too, honestly. Watch no, it. what? What if is really good? There's not not the whole thing. Yeah, but watch it. Though. But you should watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, like Doctor Strange. Crazy. Goated. One v one to go. Yeah. Um, but of course, check out all the other Wire podcasts. Um, we love the Wire. For real, We're so we happy do. to be part of this. Um, my name is Paul Vicenzo. I'm Dylan Castro. You heard it here first. And we are signing out. <laughs>